The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
arise, get thee out of this bondage. That was the word of God to Jacob. It's the word of God to you today. Many of you have, as I have, lived under the heel of legalism, where you're simply doing the best you can do with what you have. And in that place, you finally settle into a comfortable kind of misery. And if I were to ask you, are you in any kind of bondage? You would say, no, I'm not in bondage. I just want more of God. Well, how long have you been wanting more of God? Years? Well, why don't you get more of God? The answer is simple, but it's profound. It's because you're in bondage. And until that bondage is recognized, you're going to remain in that bondage. Some of you are in the bondage of a job. You hate your job. You are mistreated by your boss. You are not respected. You feel like you could be much more than you are. Some of you are in the bondage of financial ruin, struggling just to get through, struggling, always robbing Peter to pay Paul, in bondage. Some of you are in emotional bondage, in a marriage that's not working, You don't know what to do. You struggle to take care of yourself, to defend yourself. But the marriage isn't resolved. You can't afford financially to leave. You can't emotionally find a way to break through. You're miserable. You need some kind of resolution. You're in bondage. Some of you are single and you want to be married. You want a partner to walk with you. But year after year, you've had no one to walk with you. You're in bondage. So the human heart begins to just adapt to the situation. I I remember my father. For many years, he was a door-to-door salesman with the W.T. Raleigh Company, where he would have a route, and every two months he would get back to his customers, and he would sell them the farm insecticides and the the uh, all the things that W.T. Raleigh called for home life and for farm use. And Dad hated it. He was not an extrovert. He was an introvert. He said, Dad... Why are you doing this? He said, because the bills have to be paid. And I'm responsible. Well, some years after that, Dad couldn't stand the job anymore. And he was out in the garage one afternoon, and it was a workshop for him. (laughs) He had a bench and all the tools And he was a little bored, 
wanted to find something to do that would be useful, and he saw three old jacks in the corner, hydraulic jacks that he had left there because they no longer worked. And he said, I wonder how hard it would be to fix those. So he took a jack apart and discovered that the problem with the jack was that the inside leather had simply worn out. Well, he said, I can fix that. So he took the leather out, such as it was, and used it as a pattern and cut a piece of leather out of an old shoe. Put it back in, put the jack back together, and it worked perfectly. And he said, wow. I wonder how many people in this town have jacks that they can't use. And so he began going to gas stations and and shops where they repaired cars, asking, do you have any hydraulic jacks that don't work? Well, yes, of course they did. They had a whole pile of them. Dad began to repair those hydraulic jacks. He found a place in Cleveland. He lived in Greenville, Pennsylvania. He found a place in Cleveland, Ohio, that would sell him the parts. And so he would drive to Cleveland. He'd buy the parts, and he'd come back. And for a fraction of what they would cost if they sent the jack in, he was able to repair it. He said to me, Ray, I wish I'd started this business years ago. I could have opened a whole shop. I could have sold hydraulic jacks. Nobody in town is doing it. But I'm too old now. So until the day he died, he repaired hydraulic jacks, and he made more money doing that than he had ever made in his life. And he was happy. We get into this bondage of doing what we know, living with what we know, talking to people that we know, never hearing the word of God come to us. Jacob was under the heel of Laban, and he was being crushed. If an animal would steal like a wolf, would would kill one of the lambs, Jacob had to replace that lamb at his cost. Now, finally, he was building his own herd. But Laban ten times changed his, his arrangement with him, always trying to get the upper hand and to cut Jacob off. Jacob was miserable. He had a rich daddy, but he couldn't go home. He had nothing. What was he going to do? (laughs) Finally, the word of God came to Jacob. And the word of God was, Arise, get thee out of this bondage. Go back home, in other words. And the Lord said, I'll be with you. I'll go with you. Now you remember the arrangement that the Lord had made with him at the very beginning when he was in that desert place laying his head on a on a stone. Remember what God had said to him. It was an incredible miracle. He saw a ladder stretching up to heaven. And of course, Jesus said he was that ladder. And the promise was, let me read it for you. 
Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all thy place, whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. So the promise of God was, I'm not going to leave Jacob in that place. Well, that's the promise to each of us. It's the promise of Jesus to us. Now, Jacob is converted. He's a new man. He's under the care, direct care of God, and God is walking with him. But somehow... After 20 years of bondage, he cannot get himself out of this bondage. And you may sense that you can't get yourself out of your bondage. And if you just settle down and are comfortable in that bondage, you'll die in that bondage. And I know many of you today listening to this broadcast you know you're in bondage. Bondage to sin, to wickedness, bondage to all manner of hardship and wickedness. You've been through a very tough time. You need deliverance. But you're not going to have deliverance until you can hear God himself speaking to you, saying, Arise, get thee out of this bondage. Now, the truth is, you can serve God year after year in this hard and legal way. You can wish things could be different, but you're not going to be able to change anything until there is a crisis in your soul And that crisis will come through reading the scriptures and praying and listening to messages like this, to Pilgrim's Progress. And as that crisis arises in your soul, you're going to have to hear God speak to you. Now, I I wish that just reading books and listening to sermons would somehow cause you to hear. I wish you could hear me. But I know for you to change, to get out of that dead place, that that church where you're not satisfied, you're not being fed, you're just comforted into your bondage. I know for you to get out of that, to get out of that work situation, to get out of that financial situation, to get out of the bondage that you're in, you are going to have to hear the very voice of God calling you to leave that bondage. You're going to have to get to God, and by the Holy Spirit, he's going to have to speak directly into your soul. And he is willing to do that for you if you will let him.
but it means you can no longer be comfortable in your bondage. You can no longer comfort yourself with those miserable words. I might as well just keep doing this because there isn't anything else for me. That's a lie from the devil. There is a way out. And the way out is by the Holy Spirit. As he begins to speak to your heart and tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Now, when Jacob got this message, he did not go to Laban and say, Laban, I need to leave and go back to my home. No, had he done that, he would have been consulting his duty. He would have been consulted the law. And he would have only gotten into deeper bondage because he would have been shamed by Laban and threatened by Laban. The scriptures say, let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead religionists take care of the dead religious forms. Please hear me when I say this. You are called to follow Jesus Christ, not a denomination, not another person, not your religious heritage. You are called to follow Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus. And you're going to have to cry out to the Holy Spirit and acknowledge the hunger that is in your soul for more of God and get to the very root of that cry in your heart and say, I must have more. This is not enough. I'm dying here. And God will answer. God will answer. Now, I'll tell you what will happen if you make that decision and you decide to be free. As soon as you begin to take any action steps, the devil is going to come after you with everything he has available. The moment you set your face toward Mount Gilead, the place of deliverance, the mount of healing balm for your soul, some evil spirit is going to chase you. He's going to entrap you, if he can, back into the bondage. He's going to tell you you're rash. You're being presumptuous. You're aiming too high. You're acting without proper counsel. Anything he has to say to keep you in the old rut. Some of you have been in those old ruts for many years. And perhaps you've even given up. And you just keep plowing ahead and dying more each day and wishing you could hear from God. You know what I want in my life? I want to be able to hear directly from God about what he wants me to do and be. And I want to be with people who hear from God. I want to be in 
wonderful relationship with people who hear from God. Now, it's a strange thing. I'm a little shy of saying this to you, but I'm going to. I have seen wives. I've seen husbands who seem absolutely determined to get out of the bondage. One wife, my late wife, Jan, was tired of the bondage of struggling, of financial loss, of being miserable in her job. I had taken the action of ceasing all of my outward work and I was simply waiting before God from early morning until late at night. I had tried everything I could to get a job. I was in California. The mortgage payment was due on the house. I was going to be evicted. All of the electricity, everything was going to be shut down. And I was many hours every day just on my face crying out to God. And she was working full-time for a physician who was establishing a health club at the Anaheim Community Hospital. And as she was in a business meeting that day, she looked up and fully awake, she saw a demonic form rise up behind this Hindu doctor. And she was terrified. And she said, this is who I'm doing business with. And right there at that moment, she resigned her position as director of this new operation. She resigned right there and said, doctor, I can't continue with you because there is this demonic form that you are worshiping. And he'd already told her that he had in his house a prayer room where he would offer food and libations to his demon god and get directions for what he should do in his business. She said, I can't be a part of this anymore. And she ran. She left. She came home. And instead of saying, Ray, I'm leaving this marriage. It's too hard. We are in such a hard place. I can't continue to be married to you. I need my life back that I had before I met you when I was a top-level administrator in the Broward County school system. I need to go back to Florida and get my job back. I need to get my career going. I need to take care of myself because... You're broke. I just quit my job. We're going to be evicted from this house. The bills are not being paid. She could have said that. That's not what she said. 
You know what she said? She said, Ray, I need to come and join you. And I need to do the same thing you're doing. I need to search after God. Now, she had basically never read the scriptures. She was literally a new Christian. She said, I'm going to come and I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to search the scriptures with you. And I'm going to stand with you that God alone will deliver us. <laughs> I, I look at that and I'm so astonished because everything in the human flesh would say she should have run. But she didn't. Instead, she turned toward me and said, Ray, I'm going to walk with you through this valley of the shadow of death. I don't know how we will survive this, but I'm going to walk through this. I will not be in this bondage for one more moment. I gave her a warm hug and said, come join me on the floor and let's pray. And we began crying out together before God. 10 and 12 hours a day. There was a repo order on our car. Everything was at the utter end. There was nothing we could do to save ourselves. It was utterly impossible. But see, God specializes in delivering out of bondage. And the story was very simply there came a knock on our door. There were no groceries in the house. We had even used the last of the ketchup to make tomato soup. There was nothing in our house. And there was a man at the door. And he said, Do you need groceries? I said, oh, yes. And he went to his car and he brought in 16 bags of groceries. Shortly after that, after we had eaten a wonderful feast, we were again on our faces before God, thanking him for the incredible deliverance he had just brought for us. But we knew we were still very deep in trouble. And we knew the only answer was going to be found not in separating from one another, not in divorce, because it was so hard and because we were so scared. No, the answer the Lord gave us came at the knock of the door. And there was a man that I had met at the mall, the Palm Springs Mall, he said, Pastor, I've been told by the Spirit of God to take you to meet an attorney. Would you go with me? I said, yes, of course. He said, well, come now. I walked out with him, got in his car, and we drove to an attorney's office. And that attorney sat back in his chair after some polite chit-chat, and he said, Pastor, what can I do for you? I said, I have no idea. I don't know why I'm here. He looked at me with surprise, and he began to laugh. He said, Pastor, do you need money? I said, oh, yes, indeed, I do need money. He went to a safe, and he pulled out a briefcase. He opened it, and in the briefcase, 
a quarter of a million dollars worth of precious gems. He said, I bought this some years ago and I need to liquidate it. Pastor, I'm going to put this in your hands. I'd like you to go and sell these gems for me. I said, I have no knowledge of any gems. He said, look, they're all in plastic bags with the carat weight and the price sheet. I said, okay. So we watched the next morning, and the repo man did not come to the house that morning, and we had just enough gas to drive from Moreno Valley, California, to Barstow, California. And we drove there. We didn't know where we were going. We had prayed as we left the house and said, Lord, you direct us. We'll take whatever road you tell us to take. We don't know where to go or what to do to sell these gems. It's in your hands, Lord. And there outside of Barstow was a huge sign and an encampment saying gem sale. They were common in that part of the country. We drove in. We went to the largest gem dealer. I was terrified carrying this briefcase with a quarter of a million dollars worth of very valuable gems. I went to the largest tent display spoke with the owner and said, I have gems for sale. Would you be interested? He said, oh, yes, come by after the show tonight, and I have a motorhome out back. Come and come and see me. I'd like to see your gems. So I did. And that night, he purchased $50,000, just over $50,000 worth of, of gems, and he paid cash. I went back to the attorney the next morning, and I gave him the $50,000 plus, And he, in turn, wrote out a check for me of 15%. That was my commission. Now, he placed several other gems, very valuable gems, with me and said, you've done so well, why don't you sell these as well? And so I left the gem case with him, and I took these very precious sapphires and other stones, and I went to Leeds Jewelry Store in Palm Springs, California, and I put these gems on consignment with them. Now, with the money we had received, I was able to pay all of the back bills, and it was able to cover the rent, the mortgage, God had delivered us. But now we needed out of the bondage of California because God was saying, go back to Washington, D.C. That's where he told me I would minister when I was just a high school student. We had no money to move. It was, We checked the U-Haul. It was $3,000 at that time to rent a U-Haul truck, the largest, and a trailer to tow the car. I want to tell you, we went back to prayer. And we got a phone call from the jewelry store. The largest gem had just, they just sold it. To a a family in La Jolla, California. This was a 27 carat sapphire, gorgeous. One for royalty. With that money, we were able to pay off all of the bills that were still due, that we had incurred, and enough money to move back to Washington, D.C., 
to wait before God again. Now, I tell you this story simply to say, the Lord said to us, arise, get thee out of this bondage. And I said, how, Lord? And we waited upon the Lord. Now, some wives and some husbands would have done something very different. They would have looked at the difficult circumstances. They would have collected every dollar they could collect from their spouse, and they would have left. And they would have said, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going my own way. And, of course, they would go their own way into the deepest kind of bondage. And the Lord would not bless them. He would strip them out of all that they had and bring them into an even deeper place of bondage. I've watched this over and over and over. But now, I want you to hear me. This is the wondrous mercy of God. That when God comes on a promise that he will carry you, and he has promised that for every person who is converted and who comes into his yoke, not of bondage, but of freedom. And now he begins the process After conversion, there is a two-step process. There is the conversion where we leave our known sin. There's a place where we confess our sin, where we get right with God. And then as we follow him, he puts us into bondage to the law. Some call it the place of the desert, the desert journey. For me, it was a long desert journey. A long desert journey. And for some of us, and for me, that desert journey has not yet ended. But in that process... God has dealt deeply with my heart. Now, one of the gifts that I have had was that the Holy Spirit came upon me and entered into me when I was a senior in college. And even though I did not follow as he commanded, He was with me and opened up and freed me from bondage after bondage after bondage. But because I had no one to teach me the ways of Christ, I went back into bondage after bondage. So some of you have been converted, but you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so he is walking with you, but he is not in you. Some of you, like me, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not according to your expectations. And you yet remain in some forms of bondage. I yet remain in some forms of bondage, and I am not going to continue remaining in that bondage. I will be free because Jesus is opening the door. 
and he is releasing me. Jacob has heard the Lord say, get out of this bondage. But but Laban chases him down, searches everything that he has. And then he does an interesting thing. He gives Jacob a kiss and his daughters a kiss. As long as you're under the law and you're in that bondage under the law... The law is very hard on you. But when you determine to be free, the law will turn and kiss you. And as you go on your way, the angels of God will meet you. The angels of God met Jacob. And these angels of God prepared him for the final victory that was going to come in his life. Now, don't mistake me. He was going to have some hard times after this. He was going to go back into a kind of bondage. But he was free. And the angels of God were greeting him. And he was going to be carried from that point forward in his life by the presence of God. I want you today to hear that God wants to come to you in some way and speak to you about the bondage that you experience. He doesn't want you to remain in that uncomfortable, miserly, hard place. He wants to set you free. There's going to have to be an absolute determination in your heart that you want to be free, that you are going to believe the word of God as it's spoken to you, and when you hear the words arise, get thee out of this bondage, it literally means the Lord God of heaven wants to set you free. He wants to meet you. He wants to carry you. Now, the problem is some of you, after your conversion, drifted back into the wickedness. And so now you're in even more bondage than before because now you're also in the bondage of alcoholism or the bondage of of carnality in some way, something unclean. You're in the bondage of the lust of your heart. And you've grown very cynical and very hard. And yet you call yourself a Christian. You go to church, perhaps. You may even be a pastor preaching, and you say, I don't know why I'm a preacher anymore. There's a one preacher who would preach his best sermon and go into his study, turn on the pornography. Bondage. Sin is bondage. Any sin is bondage. But it doesn't have to be sin that keeps you in bondage. It can be the devil's circumstances. 
It can be the result of what you have done in the past. Some of you think you must remain in the bondage of the past because you did it, and now you have to be responsible, and you can't break out of this bondage. You can't. Only God can break you out of that bondage. And you've got to press in and hear the word of the Lord to you. And please hear me now. When the word of the Lord comes to you, and he gives you instruction regarding what you are to do, the outward circumstances of your life may not change, but the inward life in the spirit will dramatically shift. And what was at one time drudgery and miserable, made you angry, will now cause a smile to be upon your face. I know a a dear brother who hated his job until the Lord came and said, this is a gift I gave you. And the Lord totally changed his attitude and is now richly blessing him in that job. And he's finding great joy in what the Lord is doing in his life, both with provision and with new possibilities, and with new direction for what God wants to do in his life. It may not even be the changing of the outward circumstances. It may just be the changing of the inward attitude of the heart. And with that, will be an absolute washing by the Spirit of every unclean thing in your life a release from every kind of sinful bondage where you have given way. I'm just hearing right now, Lord, I'm hearing you say that there is someone listening to this broadcast right now who is so cynical and so angry. Oh, Lord, I'm praying right now for that person. I'm asking, Lord, for this angry, cynical man Yes, Lord, it's a man. Lord, I'm asking for this angry, cynical man that you would come now to him and you would release him from the bondage he is in, in his spirit and in his mind, the bondage of rebellion against you, the bondage of his life circumstances and his marriage. Lord, I'm asking that you would come to this man, and in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to speak directly to his heart by your Spirit and set him free. Lord, thank you. It's done in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I know there's others of you who are also in bondage, and I'm going to take a few minutes now, and I'm just going to pray for you about that. Lord, I'm praying right now for each person who finds themselves in some kind of bondage where they have settled down into their lukewarm, 
or even cold-hearted service to you. Where they're fat and happy and comfortable in their misery, recognizing that they can't find that husband or they can't find that wife or they can't release themselves from that job. And they've just settled down and said, well, this is how life is and I might as well accept it. And they serve by legalism, doing the duties they're supposed to do. But they're miserable, Lord. And they don't see any way out. Lord Jesus, I know you are come to bring life and life more abundantly. I know you are come to release the captive and set the prisoner free. And Lord, I don't know whether it's physical illness, financial sickness, emotional bondage. Lord, I don't know what kind of bondage my brothers and sisters are in. I'm just hearing you say, pronounce freedom over them and pronounce the release from that bondage in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you come now and release them from that bondage? I just stand by faith right now. You are moving over this congregation and those listening on the internet and those listening on their cell phones that you are moving right now and you are releasing your people from that bondage and those who are not converted yet, who are who are eager to hear but have not accepted you, Lord, I ask you to release them from the bondage of Satan and set them free right now in the name of Jesus. Call them to yourself, Lord. Don't let them continue in their bondage. Lord, would you put a sweetness and the freedom from drudgery Freedom from the service of the law. That, Lord, they would no longer walk under the hard duties of life, but rejoice in your love and your kindness and your mercy to them. Lord, I just pray your bountiful release for your people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that your people right now hear the word of God to them. Arise, get thee out of this bondage. And that you, Jesus, will now come to them and you will show them the exact steps that are necessary to release themselves, that you will be the power and the director to release them from their bondage. Lord, I ask that they would follow this call of God on their heart immediately, right now. Take the action steps that you are putting in their heart and their mind. Some have known what those action steps are, and they have been terrified of taking them. Lord, give them the courage to take those action steps right now to be totally delivered from the bondage where they have felt so bound and so dead, so tired, so beat up, so utterly hopeless. 
So many, Lord, have been saying even I might as well just die. I see no future. Lord, you are the future. I pray, Lord, right now you will claim your people out of the bondage. I pray, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, that every person fettered, bound, in deep bondage, that they will let the dead take care of the dead. The religionists take care of the dead forms, but they will arise and they will follow you, Jesus. With courage, they will rise and follow you, Jesus. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. I'd like to hear how Jesus frees you from the bondage you've been walking in. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me. I, Chris Reber just sent me a letter, and I, Chris, thank you. Thank you. One of you went on uh, nationalprayerchapel.com and you donated $50 yesterday. Thank you. That will count toward next month, the payment for this month's radio broadcast. Thank you. I need to hear from many more of you. And I'd like to hear your testimony of how Jesus has set you free. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. That address again, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And again, you can go to nationalprayerchapel.com. It's a new web page. It will load very quickly on your computer, and you can click on the button beside each of the broadcasts, and you can subscribe to the channel. I urge you to do that. There is available a video or just an audio of the broadcast from today. Some of you need to listen to this broadcast over and over, and you need to send some friends. So feel free to do that. Now, in the last minute we have left, I'm just hearing in my heart we need to pray for our president and our country. Lord Jesus, President Trump and the leaders of our nation have been very heavy on my heart. I pray, O Lord, you will block this very foolish action of trying to bring our president to impeachment. Lord, whether he is impeached or not, I know it is very destructive to the body politic. I'm asking that you would block it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are a republic where we are elected, our officers, our leaders, I'm asking, Lord, would you move with power to sustain integrity and dignity 
in both our Congress, our Supreme Court, and the executive branch. Lord, we're on the wrong track. We're headed down the wrong road. I know the economy is about to crash, Lord, and I know that will be your judgment on America to wake up your church and to wake up this nation. Lord, I pray for America. Lord, I pray for America. I pray, O Lord, you will guide this nation and its leaders and its people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. My name is Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you joined us today. I pray that it's been helpful to you. We're going to continue this study in Jacob tomorrow. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus.